from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Cleveland Stage Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Okay, welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host. Yeah. And we're here today with the Executive Artistic Director of Ensemble <laughs> Theater, Celeste Cosentino who is also directing the upcoming production of Lisa Crone's Well as the initial production in the 38th season for Ensemble Theater. And the season, of course, is titled... Celeste, why don't you take this one? We the People. And where did this title come from? And what do you think it embodies about this season? Um, I think this season came from, like, a place that was rooted in a lot of what we've been doing. Um, you know, for the last, what, six seasons, seven seasons that I've been the artistic director... I've tried to incorporate the idea that the shows that we're doing follow a similar theme. Um, so this year's theme is kind of very kind of socially, I mean, and not that that hasn't been true in the last few seasons, but is very kind of socially relevant. Uh, in that respect, that's kind of how I went about looking and seeing and picking the shows and why I thought they were. So what about Lisa Crone's Well? Uh, how did you come across this play, and how do you feel that this play... Tyler here is the one who actually brought me the well script, and I read it, and there was actually a different script that I had had in mind, um, and it didn't work out. And um, I read it, and I was like, this actually really does fit into this kind of whole narrative, and how timely that what was actually going on is this kind of big debate that's going on about healthcare right now, right? Mm -hmm. So... It's also, you know, for lack of a, a better word, it's, you know, it's a conversation that needs to be had about what's like actually going on in people's lives. And it, it, it is actually written that way. And that's what I also really liked about it. And I think, you know, you talked a little bit about it. You said it. it's one of your favorite plays. You know, it's written in a very unique way in that it talks, you know, about a human experience with a very universal relationship between a mother and a daughter, you know, and who can't relate to that story. And it's interesting, actually, both me and the lead actress can kind of relate a lot to kind of what's going on, you know. Um, and it's Laura Milk. Laura Milk Carrick, yeah, who's playing, just actually lost her mom. My mom passed away about nine years ago now. It, it resonates in, like, a lot of ways. It resonates in the very kind of deep, you know, heartfelt way that I think she was intending. And you can see her struggle. You can see Lisa's story going on and how she related to her mom. But how that also, you know, is is in her writing, it's it's hilarious. Like, <clears throat> and that's what I think is so really wonderful about the play is that it's both. It takes you to that place where you're feeling that really heartfelt kind of, you know, gripping moment. And then the next second you're laughing hysterically. Mm -hmm. And she does that really well, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, so. Lisa Crone, who, of course, is now most widely known for writing oh, the book and yeah. lyrics for Fun Home. Which I loved, by the way, and I'm not a fan of musicals. Right. Tyler and I went to see it, and I loved I it. I still listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's really but, you know, she she kind of cut her teeth in doing one-woman shows <clears> in these, like, basement theaters in New York, and I think you see a lot of those elements in this play. And, Very much so. And Well is a play about a woman who's trying to put on a one-woman show, but she has these other actors that kind of break in. Uh, they're using a lot of different uh, mechanics in theater, you know, the breaking down the fourth wall, there's yep. kind of this like addressing the audience, and then there's characters breaking, or actors breaking character. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a nice element of uh, a lot of humor. Very it's, much so. Especially with the cast that, that you, we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, you know, and a lot of heart, mm -hmm. but a lot of like facing issues that she grew up with. It's very autobiographical for her. 
Uh, you know, we're talking about the desegregation of her neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about, uh, like you said, the health care and illness. Uh, her mom has a lot of illnesses that she attributes to allergies. <laughs> so Lisa kind of grows up in this environment, and it's about her trying to break away from that, I mm-hmm. think. Which I think, you know, I mean, I think any, you know, mother and daughter relationship can relate to. I and mean, I think any parent or child relationship. Agreed. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Like even a father and a son. I mean, mm-hmm. I th- and I thought that that echoed a lot actually in Fun Home. Like, so when I looked at the story parallels, you know, I mean, it's a one woman show in that Alison Bechtel, it's Alison Bechtel's story versus mm-hmm. Lisa Crohn's. But it's the same, it's literally like the same play almost. Mm-hmm. And in that when, you know, you're watching, yeah, it's Alison Bechtel's relationship with her father. You know, and it does the same thing. It explores, like, the nature of that relationship through the things that were very hard, that make you cry, and Laura will make you cry. She does a great job. That also make you laugh hysterically. And she will make you laugh. Trust me, I do every night. So is Laura Starnick? Laura Starnick actually is, playing like, what role? the... She's playing the mom. Playing the mom. Um, and, who, and who's And actually, Lisa? and that gets me to where I was about to go. Thank you, Ian. Sure. Uh, the struggle is, really, when you're watching this, you know, the stage time, it's like the mom and Lisa are struggling for the attention of the audience. Mm-hmm. And so watching that, like, battle is both hilarious and heartwarming and charming and quirky and unique. And it's, I mean, for me, and I can say this, as a director, it's a unique script. It's, it's you know, yeah, I've bro- broken the fourth wall before. I've done direct, you know, working, doing with, you know, uh, Dana Hart doing uh, St. Nicholas, which is literally him telling you a story. You are part of the show. You know, Thurgood, which we did with Greg, which is part of the reason why I was actually, and that goes to my speaking to how I picked this season, I was actually looking for an opportunity for a female, like a single female show. You know, an opportunity for a, a, a local female actress to have the stage, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Sure. And so that's kind of indirectly where this show came from, you know. And so it does really give you the opportunity to see you know, an actress. Laura is hilarious. Laura and Laura are like the two, you know, major actresses. And their opportunity... And they played mother-daughter in productions before, yes, right? and Laura Starnick plays her mom. Yeah. And they're both very... I mean, Laura, Laura Starnick in her nature is just this quirky, funny, you know, totally charming lady. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense when you see what happens in the play, you know, how things unfold. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your other actors in the play. Yeah, you want to give away the ending. Of course not. Um, No, it's a great ensemble. I think part of it is, too, and we were talking about it yesterday, April, who's funny. You know, these actors are kind of themselves, so part of their role is to be themselves. Mm. So that's been a really unique experience because, you know, talking to an actor as a director... You know, they probably want you to fit it into a little box and tell them, and it's like this this it's nature like, of this script has pushed <laughs> has pushed that concept out of out of the box, you know. So it's like, yeah, you can have fun. You can do things that you wouldn't normally do, you know, in another show, in this play in particular, because it allows for that. So uh, and to name some of the – they're all <coughs> Cleveland actors, yeah. They, everybody in the show is local. That's Great. what we do. Everybody in every show we do is local. So we have Laura Starnick is yes. playing the mom. yes. Uh, Laura, Laura McCarrick McCarr- playing Lisa. And then the ensemble of actors that Lisa has hired are played by Craig Joseph, who is also doing Angels, um, April Needham, uh, Maya Jones, and Brian Kenneth Armour are our ensemble. So they play various roles as well as themselves. I think what's exciting is somebody who has been involved with ensemble for a number of years now. Um, it's, it's exciting because, you know, we always... Every show seems to have a few actors that we've worked with previously, right? Because they're so talented. They're great to work with. You know, we all sort of understand each other. And I think what's exciting about this production 
in particular is that uh, you know it's local talent mm-hmm. and it's actors that are going to be a lot of them are new to the ensemble stage, which I think is really exciting. I mean, it's an opportunity for us to sort of share what we do with other actors and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think my mom, you know, I mean, everybody knows that she kind of started this theater. I mean, that's the reason why it's called Ensemble Theater. You know, it's a group of people, you know. So you have an ensemble, and I think that speaks to what you just said. So, yeah, we have this group of people that we've worked with before. I mean, I would go to a lot of the actors that I've worked with in the past because they're wonderful. You know, that's partly true with what's going on with Angels. It's a mix of both, Mm. you know, uh, new people and people who've worked here before. And this is um, Angels in America that you direct and open yes, January later 5th. this season, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that that's part of the narrative of the theater company that she created. You know, you're really creating an ensemble of artists. You know, she never differentiated, too. Like, you're all part of this storytelling. The lighting designers, the sound designers, the set designers. You know, you're creating a world that the audience is going to enter, and you're all integral parts of it being realized, if that makes sense. What do you think is... Am I not being funny? You're being very funny. <laughs> we'll do. You don't worry about the humor. We'll be the funny okay, ones I got, here. Okay, I got. I'm just saying. What, what? I mean, what do you? What is the? What is maybe unique about this play from breaking the fourth wall standpoint? I mean, what is? You know, the ensemble is an American classic theater. Uh, you, you typically see things like Eugene O'Neill or Arthur Miller that you've directed in the past. Uh, I think your analogy with St. Nicholas was really interesting because it, it's very much similar uh, style of, of storytelling. But what has been a, a challenge uh, to you working on this sh- on this show on Well, as far as the style of it, as far as breaking that fourth wall and 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 the the layers, of what maybe uh, the kids would call meta theater, the, the meta, meta the meta, the meta theatricality it, of she this calls show. it a meta theatrical exploration. Yes, I don't want to give away some of the humor because Lisa Lara does play on that a lot, but um, I mean, I think it has been unique in that. You know, as a director trying to communicate with your actors, you know, there's many layers of reality going on, right? And mm-hmm. who defines what that level of reality is, is a very delicate balance. And then also, and we, we've said this a couple of times in the process of discovering and exploring, organized chaos, right? So it's chaotic in that that's kind of the way the story unfolds and is written. And actually, Lisa does a really great job of that. You know, sometimes you think it might spiral out of control, and she even says it. She gives it in your description at the beginning. It's organized in a way that's very unique and very, you know, thoughtful and gets to a very important message and a very, you know, resonant point, I think. So what do you think will surprise audiences about this play? The the, uh, amount of involvement that they will have to have in the show. And Laura actually was, uh, she was doing... And you don't mean, like, physical involvement. No, I mean, no, the no, audience no. isn't going to be, actually, like, changing funny, the sets or anything. It was funny, because, like, the Sun Press came in, the Sun Press came in two days ago to do an interview with Laura, and the way she explained it to the Sun Press guy was, you know, the audience is going to be part of how the show unfolds every night. Because mm. of her, you know, yeah. talking. She talks to them almost all of the show. Yeah, I mean, I so think... So that'll be really unique to see. It's you like know, a choose-your-own-emotional catharsis. Not quite, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except you don't really get to choose. Right. You're just there. You know. Well, yeah. and we said that. I was like, she's, you know, she is the lead character. She's really the storyteller. She's really the one kind of conducting, you know, this piece that you're part of. She's going to also, like, you know, be organically interacting with the people that are different yeah, I mean, audiences I think, each night. I think what's interesting on that point is if you ever talk, and this is true, I mean, we've all acted... But like, it's if true you're, for if any you're, show, right? Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. good at what you do, 
every show adapt. is a little bit different right. because you're you're reacting to what the other actors you're are doing. Present, right? and you're present, right? You're listening and yeah, you're responding. And now yeah. the audience is part of that as well. Of course. Which is adding a whole new element to which it. Which I thought was great. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the season real quickly. Um, you know, how do you see Well, since it's first, mm-hmm. why is Well first in the season and then leading into the other plays this year? You know, how do you think Well will help color uh, plays like The Hairy Ape or Angels in America or Jelly Belly? People are complex things. And I think that that's what the season says. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry Ape talks about... Trump voters. Oh, stop. It does. <laughs> it talks about... It does. It talks about the working class. It talks about... A, uh, a very under, you know, underspoken to population. You know, the working class people, you know, being looked down to by the rich. I mean, and it, it's 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 timely. Like, you know, we did it. I want to say we did it like thirty five years ago, and yeah, I'm sure it had resonance back then. But now it's too also like extremely extremely resonant with what's going on in the world. Uh, yeah, Angel, I... both parts of Angels in America dealing with, yes, it was set in the 80s and the AIDS epidemic, but it talks about all kinds of things. Spirituality, you know, individual identity. I would call it a identity. gay fantasia on national themes, even. Exactly. But I mean, the themes are universal. <laughs> so the writer. <laughs> exactly. No. And it's funny, like, we were watching, you know, my mom founded the theater on Eugene O'Neill, and Ian has this wonderful documentary that he sometimes watched as every night, like, bedtime story. It's crazy. But it's really a brilliant documentary, and Tony Kushner is in this documentary about Eugene O'Neill. And he talks about how he kind of feels like they have the same job. You know, their jobs as playwrights are to dig. They're really to dig and find out what it means to be a human being. Mm. And sometimes that's scary, and sometimes that's frightening, and sometimes you think feel like things might fall apart. I mean, Angels is epic. That's a, I mean, I can only begin to imagine how much of his life he spent. It's a huge, epic play. You know, I mean, and so to take something on like that is brave. It's really brave. And, you know, the story, and it's funny, like, working with the, some of the actors that we were, you know, auditioning when we were doing, reading these scenes, you know, we hadn't seen it in a while. We hadn't looked at the script, and we were like, this is such a good play. Like, yeah. you realize how wonderful the writing is. Yeah. And that's where I think, too, we're great scripts, Cleveland artists. Like, for me, it's really about the words. Like, what yeah. does the play have to say? You I know? think it's interesting, too. I think. Jelly mm-hmm. Belly is, you know, Charles is one of my favorite pl- Charles and, you know, I'm lucky to say, knock on wood, you know, I'm friends with two of my favorite playwrights right now, you know. Rajiv does it really well. Charles is, is, is Eugene O'Neill-like to me. I think he's really a, an amazing playwright. At least David Mamet, like. Oh, David Mamet loves him too. That's yeah. great. David Mamet's favorite playwright, apparently. Really? Tyler says that. I don't know. I haven't seen the. I, there's an interview. It was a couple of years ago, and they said, "Who's your favorite playwright?" And he said, "There's a Chicago playwright that does really great work, and his name's Charles Smith." Mm-hmm. Nice. I'll, I think I still have it. All right, we got to put that up there. I mean, I think he understands, and he tries to talk about things that are important to talk about, which Jelly Belly is ta- is is very you know timely right now. Yeah, I think all what, of his plays. I think are... what's interesting in the season and the in the plays that you've picked, or it, it also is really about where where we all fit in. Mm-hmm. And and you know that's a question that we all ask ourselves. Right. And how do you activate that? Right. Which is the great part. And how about do you we. celebrate that? Well, yeah, but it's part, the great part about we the people, right? Is it, it says okay, we're trying to all figure out how we fit in. And maybe the way we fit in is by creating our own identity, by creating our own value, by creating our own organizations and our own governments and our own communities, right? Because really, community organizing is a big is a big thread through all of these, right? All, they're no. all all of these plays are about communities. I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but that, actually, like Lisa's final monologue, 
speaks yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's in a, a really very great, profound right before way, the right? aliens come down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right with their ray guns, and they take her away. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, I think she's she does. She really, she, and I think that's what, when you talk about the order of the season, like maybe I've realized that now a little bit talking about it, she opens the door for these are what these plays are about to be about. Yeah, I mean, so. the, what's great about having... So, mad props, Tyler, good job. Thanks. What's great about having, <laughs> well, first is I think it, rather than closing the book on questions, it, it, it ends with a lot of questions. It opens the door to like, this is what we're about to talk and, about. Like, what yeah. Ian just said, yeah. it, it helps activate a lot of discussions. Agreed. Yeah, and totally. I think each play maybe posits its own some ask more questions some ask seek solutions right yeah right. some posit their own ways of dealing with these questions and i think it's it's great for the audience throughout the season to be able to explore that i mm-hmm. think it's really a cool thing and well, we'll begin that exploration with lisa crone's well directed by artistic director celeste cosentino the play opens september 29th yes uh, be running till october 17th October 22nd. October 22nd. Yep. There will obviously. be no performance on October 7th. Which is a Saturday because there's a, Saturday. a local theater friend who's getting married. Some people, everybody knows, are getting married on that day. <laughs> I think I've heard there's a wedding or something happening. Also, to make up for that day, there's going to be an industry night performance on Monday the 9th Great. at 7. So we've made up for that one show. Cool. So, so tickets are available. Uh, you can visit us at Ensemble Theater, R-E dot, uh, That's Ensemble Theater, Klee dot org. You can also phone us at 216-321-2930. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. The Facebook. Again, it's well opening September 29th, running Fridays and Saturdays at 8 and two, and Sundays at 2 o'clock until October 22nd. All right, thanks again, Celeste, for coming in. Yep. To your office. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And remember, uh, a couple of you have reached out to us about doing an episode of the Cleveland Stage Podcast. And so keep those requests coming in. We're going to get you scheduled as soon as we can. And uh, again, if you have an idea or a thought or something you want to talk about art, just let us know. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we're we all working the same theater, but I think that the, uh, the idea behind this podcast is to really help promote uh, Cleveland art. Right, yep, and sure. I don't mean just theater. I mean I think there's a lot of great art going on in Cleveland, uh, including visual arts, yeah. music, uh, even food. You got a chamber orchestra out there that you know <laughs> you want to talk about Baroque music. That's that's cool. We're I mean, down. Yeah, I'm, I love Baroque music. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix Hey-o. it. Heyo. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Continue to spread the word, and we will do the same. This has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. All the world's a stage. Don't fall off. <laughs> Can I get some glow tape on that?